Welcome to Women in Electronics, the only show that empowers, develops, advocates, and celebrates the accomplishments and advancement of women in the electronics industry. With your host, Jackie Maddox. Well, hello. Here we are again today with our Women in Electronics Leader and Highlight Radio Program. Oh, I'm so excited today to be here with our guest, Allison Sabia. She is the CEO for Galco Industrial Electronics. Allison, thank you for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to join Women in Electronics and talk about, you know, my future and past and everything in between. Oh, Allison, you know, this is one of those interviews this morning. I was, uh, you know, getting ready and prepping to come to the studio and I just had a big smile on my face because I'm like, wow, full circle moment from when I met you prior yeah. years and to now. Um, I just, I'm so excited. And, and also just, uh, before we get into the interview, just speaking on behalf of a lot of women in our industry who need, to see themselves um, in someone else. So you are that person, even for me, just to be able to see you, uh, you know, just shining and, and always leading. It's such a good example for others. So thank you uh, for, thank for you. all you've done. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. It's never enough, though, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, you are awesome. So let's just start. We have so much to talk to you about. And this In this part one of a two-part series with you, I would like to understand a little bit of how you landed in the electronic component industry like what did that look like and um you know from there to here <laughs> it's like yeah you know, sure sure yes uh, well you know like everybody else i've always dreamed to be in electronics distribution you know <laughs> since i was a little kid uh no obviously that's not <laughs> that's not where i saw myself going you know it was one of those things i, I was a finance major in school and i Coming from New York, I assumed I'd be on Wall Street, and um, I did an intern on Wall Street and realized that wasn't who I wanted to be. And someone had mentioned a local company that uh, was hiring, and uh, that company happened to be Aero Electronics. Um, and you know, I figured I would just stay through graduate school and ended up spending most of my career there. So, um, you know, really, if you had asked me as a teenager, where would I spend? you know, the, the majority of my career, I probably would have made it sound a lot more interesting than electronics distribution. Um, but, you know, it ended up being a great experience and opportunity and really was the backbone to where I am today, becoming CEO of a, a smaller, um, not component, but uh, industrial electronic distributor uh, where I am today. Um, and, you know, really, if I look back on my career, as I mentioned, I started in finance, but very quickly I had the ability and was fortunate enough to spend two to five years in all parts of the business, especially globally. And I think that really gave me the opportunity to look at the business from a more strategic standpoint, which really, I would say, uh, got me to where I am today. Mm, that's awesome. And, and actually, since you mentioned finance major we are actually going to be developing a business acumen series for women electronics because we really believe that is really a key to success is having all that business acumen. And you obviously had that as your background, which is awesome. But let me yes. circle back around with you because we talk about our industry. I grew up in the industry. You grew up in the industry. So we know the industry, right? Um, 
right people coming in it, it, it seems more complicated uh, than when you kind of grew up in it and you kind of know it but how is it that you're in the industrial segment now but it's part of that electronic component umbrella so could you just explain that to our listeners like how does this align how is the industrial and electronics all aligned together yeah sure so you know if you think about components um, everyone's pretty familiar with you know the components or chips are what go into you know any circuit board of any electronic that exists in the world today right whether you're picking up your iPhone or watching TV or whatever you might be doing there's got a chip in it and that's where I come from um, now it's more about um, some MRO so some uh, maintenance and repair on uh, bigger electronics such as things around drives and motors, um, as well as things like sensors, um, which, you know, components dabble in as well. So it's really more of uh, not the component level, but the next level of um, really electronics, such as drives in the industrial automation and MRO space. Well, that's good description. And, and really, so people understand too, it's like, you know, we serve so many verticals, you know, medical, oh, energy, for sure. so many. So if you think of our industry, it's just massive, <laughs> massive <laughs> if you think massive. of it. And and really, that leads me to, you know, want to ask you, being a female leader, which there's very few of us. I mean, there's really the percentages are, are you know, under 10% in the um, electronic component industry. How did you get to this position? Did you have people supporting you? Did you have mentors, sponsors? Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, actually, it's funny. You mentioned that there's a little, there's not many of us in, in the electronic component industry. And I would say in the industrial automation industry, it's about 15 years behind the component industry. So sort of going from the fire, frying pan into the fire is what I'm dealing with right now. Um, the good news is, is I have experience of dealing with how do we get a more diverse, you know, company. Um, but I'm going, I'm living through it all over again. And, you know, for me, I think, you know, again, I've been extremely fortunate to have great mentors and sponsors and bosses throughout my career, um, both internal to the company I worked with at the time, or, you know, I was really good, I would say, and still am of maintaining relationships with people that I respected in the industry. So, you know, when I decided it was time to move on from my last job, uh, you know, I reached out to those that, you know, I knew in the industry and, and respected and vice versa. You know, when people had heard I had I'd moved on, um, you know, a, a ton of people called me and said, you know, you'd be great at this job or that job. And, you know, it really sank in at that point how important it was that I had made these, you know, relationships over the years because, you know, that's what got me the opportunity that I have now, right, was um, reaching out to a colleague that I had worked with um, at a previous company who now was at, on the board at, at several different companies. Um, and it gave me the opportunity to, you know, talk with them and, and see if I would be a good fit. And, you know, that person was willing to promote me because of my credibility and the relationship that we had, you know, in, in a past life at a different company. So it's, it's critical to build those relationships, I would say. Yes, to build and maintain, uh, super yeah. critical. 
But also, okay, so you had a lot of people who are willing to mentor you, maybe open doors, um, partner with you. Did they give you some pretty tough feedback along the way? And if so, uh-huh. how did you manage that? Because I think as women, it's hard. I think people in general, feedback is hard. But we tend yeah. to be a little more perfectionist. So how? Yes. what would you say about feedback? Yeah, I would say, whew, did I get feedback? Yes, I got tons of it. And I would say the more mature I got and more experience I had in the business, I took it better. In the beginning, it was not pretty, right? You know, I thought I did everything right. I had a reputation of, you know, I just wanted to get things done. You know, it was all about the results. And whatever happened along the way didn't really matter as long as I, you know, hit that end goal. What I realized through feedback in my face <laughs> and some great bosses who were very open and honest with me, which is what you need, you know, I realized that it, it, results matter, but how you get to the end result matters even more, right? You need to be able to go to people, build relationships because no one knows everything. And, you know, the most important word I would use, I would use is influence, right? That is something that I didn't understand the importance of, I would say, as I was younger in my career. I'm just starting out and not having a lot of experience. Um, you know, I, I like to put it this way. If you think about an accountant and they're going for uh, an accounting job, you know, getting the interview means that you have a CPA, right? If you get the job, it has to be because, you know, you're good at building relationships and you can see the big picture and you realize that you have to rely on the people around you to be successful. And it took me a while to understand what that feedback meant. And, but I was determined to really be self-aware and I took that feedback. It wasn't easy at first, but you know, I thank my bosses at the time who took the time and the investment out really to give me feedback because it made the biggest difference in my career. Okay, so I wrote down a quote that I'm actually going to quote you on. It says, when you said results matter, but how you get to the end result matters more. (gasps) I love that. Very true. I love that, Allison. That's like so awesome. And then you talked about influence. I think you're hitting it in the head as far as like women. We tend to not utilize our influence enough, probably. Let's talk to that real quick, because I think... You know, you mentioned being self-aware, that comes back to emotional intelligence, that comes back to the maturity you were talking about. These are all critical and important steps. We talk about the traits of a modern leader. It always comes back to those, what we would term soft skills or human skills. And that's right right here (laughs) in all this emotional intelligence and maturity and self-awareness and all that. So as we're having that discussion, um, you know, I think it's such a critical point about the influence, though. Like, let's talk about that just a little bit. How do you build influence and how can we leverage that more? Yeah, great point, Jackie. You know, for me, you know, I remember in my career, people used to talk about how much, how networking was so important, right? That was like the buzzword, you know, go to this networking event, network, network, network. You know, network's important, but at the end of the day, you know, you could network with a thousand people. If there's five out of those thousand that you build, you know, a a relationship that both of you feel is built on respect and trust, that will go more way more further for you than networking. And 
you know, for me, there was a big difference between networking and relationship building. And when I look back, the people that helped me in my career and that I helped, you know, today get to their next level is people that, you know, I believe respect me. Um, I've built credibility with them based on results or, you know, things that they see that I add value and vice versa. It's got to be, you know, both people getting something out of the relationship. And, you know, those are the people that will, will carry you with them through their entire career and open doors for you, you know, when it's your turn to have the, the big seat at the table. And people underestimate that. You know, I think uh, naively we believe that, you know, results matter. But if you've got five people, and they do matter. I, I don't want to make it sound like they don't matter. But if you've got five people hitting the results, you know, how do you decide who's the, the leader, right? The leader is the one that gains influential relationships that they can use, um, and that person can use them in a way that's helpful and valuable to both parties. And that person's going to win every time. Wow. That is such a critical point, Allison. I just don't think we think about these things enough. It's just looking at your relationships that you already have, the credibility you already have, the trust you've built, and and leveraging that, utilizing that. And the other thing you said that I think is really critical is um, connections. So networking is about just going and meeting people and, okay, you know, how can I work with this person or that person? But you're talking about more developing connections. That, that goes That's beyond... Right. Sometimes I know in my career, I've actually met somebody that I really liked and and we had a connection, but we ended up finding a way to do business together. It it usually was more successful that way than the other way around. Like, oh, what can this person do for me? And then I'll establish a relationship. It's really, if you get a relationship going with the right people who have the right value systems, usually that leads (laughs) to some way. Totally, totally. I mean, you want to work with people that you like, right? That's human nature. And if you're a, you know, type A personality driver, you're going to want to work with people that think the same way that you do, right? And, you know, for me, that's another important point. You know, I like people that are aggressive and work hard. Um, To me, gender doesn't matter, right? And that usually comes into play after the fact. Obviously, Women Electronics started because we have a you know, a diversity issue, particularly in electronics. And, you know, I think more people need to think about who's bringing value to the table and who can you rely on as opposed to, you know, making sure that, you know, that person looks like me or acts like me or talks like me, right? And that's the mindset that we have to get. I agree with you 100%. I think that the gender parity conversation is so critical just because we're just not hearing the numbers with women. But at the end of the day, Nobody's looking for a handout. Nobody wants to be a quota. It's a matter of right. hiring the best person for the job. Um, and, and really, we have just one minute, but maybe you can give a couple little pointers on that, Allison. So you have worked in the past. You had teams at Arrow that were very diverse, and now you're going into this very non-diverse <laughs> uh, segment of our industry. So maybe just before we, you know, we have one more minute, um, what are a couple pointers that we can be looking at when hiring people to get to that right candidate in, 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 a ver- in, in a diverse mindset? Yes. So I would say the first thing you do is you have to make sure you have a diverse candidate pool, right? And I sort of make it um, a rule that, you know, it has to be diverse. So 
you know, 30% needs to be, you know, gender diverse. Race is important. I mean, you know, there's study upon study about how a diverse leadership team um, gets greater results. That's a fact, right? So, you know, if you don't make it the way you run your business, it won't happen, right? You have to practice what you preach. And I believe that, you know, it starts from the top. And if I say I'm going to make sure that every candidate pool is diverse, everyone that works for me has to make sure that their candidate pool is diverse as well, right? And and I also say, you know, an, another way to do it is obviously blind, looking at people's resumes, you know, cover the name. You don't need to know the name, right, based it on their, their experiences. And, you know, I also, uh, I'm in the process here of changing, you know, performance reviews, right, to be a little bit more, you know, be really clear on what's important to the business. Also realizing that, you know, the way we communicate and work is, is you know, kind of mapped out by some of the things that we have, you know, biases towards gender, race, whatever it might be. And, you know, knowing that not everybody, you can't work with everybody the same way, right? But having, I would say, um, the EQ to know how to work with people um, is a key point for me. Just not not also IQ and results, but also having the EQ to know that everybody's going to be treated fairly. I would say that that's what I hire for. Mm, I love that. And with that, we're out of time for this episode, but I'm going to pick back up with you in part two, Allison. And thank you so much for being here. I look forward to part two with you. Thank you. Sounds great. You've been listening to another episode of Women in Electronics right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net.